Hello legends, welcome to another episode of the Second Again Racing Podcast. I'm Mick. Here with Jackson, mate. There we go. You know why? You know why we could introduce it that way? We're sitting next to each other. It's the first podcast we've done. We've actually got to sit next to each other and do it. We had date night tonight, didn't we? Mm, it was beautiful, mate. We ordered the same meals. We looked into each other's eyes, mate. It was a great night. It was really good. So we've been shopping in the last couple of weeks. We've been thinking about, you know, stepping up the game and trying to give you guys the best experience that we can. And well, here we are. I don't know if you could tell with the HD quality of that sound, but geez, we've been enjoying it all afternoon, haven't we? And we've spent it back as well, so hopefully you blokes enjoy it. Absolutely. Now look, the weekend that was, not a little, <laughs> there wasn't a little amount of winning going on. Mm. It was a very good weekend, wasn't it? I've tried to remain humble about it, but it was a good week. Uh, we tipped a few winners, not just backed a few on the sly as well, which is always good. Best Western went down a nose, which was the, the one sort of sour point. It's living up to our name, the Best Western. Second again. It's now, I think it's three out of the last four weeks it's run second. Thing is, I'd have to look back probably five, six months to see us miss a place in the Best Western. So as long as our punters are going each way, mate, they're happy days. But yeah, I thought just with Ramwick um, in particular, it was just a very leaders track. I'm sure anyone that um, was having a punt there on Saturday found it hard to, to you know make up any ground at all. So... If you, if you found some cash, you probably adjusted to the pattern on the day and you can't remain static in this game. You've got to be adaptive to everything. Absolutely. Want to chat on, we love throwing this term around the big fella. Mm. And when we speak of the big fella in this occasion, we're talking about Zaki. Mm. And look, 1,400, softish ground. Look, he just put him away. I think once Prime Candidate came out of the race, I thought it was all over. And when they handed up to him and just let him have that run... And people were back in ice bath as well, which I found strange. Oh, there was no twelves into fours. No ground being made up on the day at all, and you knew she was going to get back, and they were still backing her. So I think people were just looking for an excuse to back around Zaki, just around the price. And you and I spoke about that in the preview, mate. We said, look, he's the winner or he's not the winner. It's not about the price at the end of the day. So you know, sometimes it's bank interest at the end of the day. And yeah, I, I was almost embarrassed to take that collect in the end. <laughs> Absolutely. And I tell you, who's got a very interesting decision coming up? Our man, James McDonald, he's got to pick out of Animo or Zaki. Just, let's play devil's advocate. Mm. You're a jockey. Mm. Let's say you can ride at 78 or 79 or whatever you are. Who are you picking? Animo. Animo. Jeez. I, yeah, I just, something about that cold. I just think he's, we haven't seen the best of him. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen the best of him. And actually the punters agreed. Our, our loyal followers agreed, mate. We tossed it out there during the week and just to get the gauge for how everyone thought. It was almost down the middle, but just leaning towards Animo. I think it was 60-40 in the end, but I just think there's something about Animo, the way he can just put the, the, the race away over two, 300 metres and really just put everything to bed. I don't know if there's many horses that can match him. 
it'll be an unbelievable contest. They might meet a couple of times, which is really exciting. Um, now, Flemington, we've got Group 1 racing. So we've got the Maccabi Diva. It's always been a fantastic race. It's over the mile. And it's actually where we kick off proceedings here. So we'll start race five. It's over 1,600. It's the mile. Maccabi Diva, well... <laughs> The fact that she has a race of this stature in her name is probably even an understatement for what she achieved. So I'm Thunderstruck, $2.40, top of the market, number one, gate one. It does look a little sticky, I've got to be honest, gate one, but $2.40, it's, it's definitely around the right price. Mm. Alligator Blood, $4.80, Cascadians, $5.50, with Western Empire at $6.50. Then you've got double figures, so they scratch Mwanga on the weekend. He comes down here, Jamie Card takes the ride. It does look like a nice race for him if he's come up again. Um, Regal Powers, 16s, Nonconformist, 34s, and She's Ideal, 34s. A lot of horses coming out of the same form lines. And mm. that Memsey, that Snap Dancer, obviously won. Mm. Does the form in that race stack up here? or I think it has to, considering half the field has come out of that, that race. And there was plenty of Group 1 perform runners there. You know, you touched on Alligator Blood, and I'm sure you've got a bit to say about that horse going forward. I've, I've heard some murmurs that you've had a nice piece of it at a decent price. and now piece looking of at a, Yeah, now looking at a, at a quarter of the price at the moment. So I'll leave that one for you. But look, plenty of nice, you know, Group 1 perform runners come out of that field, and it's more than half of the field here that they've made up. So, look, it's it's a nice race. For me, it's the best race on, on the weekend in Melbourne or Sydney. Absolutely. Um, and I'll just touch on the map first. So, Western Empire and Alligator Blood roll forward. He's not a natural leader, I would say, Alligator Blood, but he does have toe in the first two to 400 of his races. So, I would see him up there somewhere. And TC's come across for the ride as well, which is, that's a, a tip in itself almost. It's interesting. It's a weird... Like, I know he's got a good a a relationship with Gay and Adrian, but it seems weird that Ollie hops off, mm. Tim Clark comes down for the ride. Well, when you talk about relationships, you've also got to account for the relationship between D. Oliver and D. O'Brien. True. Which, you know, obviously Oliver's on Western Empire this week, and he's the other speed influence in the race as well. So those two should roll forward and, and control it. The rest of them don't have a lot of speed. Interesting with On Thunderstruck, he does tend to draw an inside gate, doesn't he, with his races? Mm. And you'd, you'd rather him draw anywhere, but he's just that type of horse that usually flops out the back. Very one-dimensional, but... We spoke about it before the potty uh, this afternoon, mate. No one matches him over 400 metres. Yeah. His 400, even 600 metre splits are elite. Even over sort of mile 1,400 metre trips, he consistently produces the best 400 most of the time of the whole meeting. Yeah. There might be 1,000 um, metre races on the day, 1,200. He's producing the best late splits, and he does that consistently. If there's clear air and if, if uh, Zara can get him out and, and just get him close enough, he's, if he's within striking range, I think he'll be too good. I know the market's identified him, so you want to try and potentially look around him as well. I thought that the one horse or one of the horses that doesn't come out of the Memsey Regal Power mm -hmm. came out of that Mr. Brightside race. I uh, can't remember the name of the race. It's a Group 2 at Caulfield. Ran really well over 1,400 first up. Comes up to the mile here, really, really um, more advantaged at the mile. Probably looking for a bit more of a dry deck. We'll have to see what the weather's going to do on the weekend, but he's the one at around that 15 to $16 mark I'm definitely going to be saving on. Huge, huge. Obviously, the top three in the market are all coming out of that race. I'm Thunderstruck and Cascadian. Very appealing runs to the eye. Mm. I thought they were fantastic, but you wouldn't have to be the only... I wouldn't be the only bloke in the world that would say that Alligator Blood was slightly unlucky in its last run in the Memsey. <laughs> would he have won? I don't think so. I don't think anyone's getting Snap Dancer. I don't even know if he would have went past I'm Thunderstruck. Mm. But what we don't know is that. We have no idea what he would have done. Mm. The horse was barely touched in the last couple of hundred, so I'm I'm with this horse. I think 480 is about right, but if he leads like he did in a Caulfield Guineas, 
there's no speed in this race as you mentioned it's mm. funny you've got all these horses that a lot of them are milers like they this is their distance but they all get back yeah my, my concern with alligator blood obviously is super horse and if he can regain his three-year-old form super hard to beat no matter what class he's in my concern with him is he hasn't seen the mile for over two years. The last time he mm-hmm. saw it was the All-Star Mile uh, in 2020, where he was hopeless that run. It was sort of an end-of-prep run, so he had excuses that day. Um, no ab- abnormalities um, on the vet check, mind you, but probably just an end-of-prep run. That's my concern, is that he hasn't endured that pain barrier over the last 200, over the last couple of years. Obviously, he had setbacks and issues in the meantime, so probably hasn't been set up for it. You can't doubt uh, Gain Adrian, though. They'll have him ready. They'll have him rock solid. And considering he's probably going to lead and have the cheap seats up front, he probably can find the mile if there's no pressure on him. Absolutely. I, I can't believe the first race we got to cover was a Group 1 Maccabi Demon. That was... You could speak, speak about it for hours, and there's only about eight runners. So. But we, we can call it now, mate. We can just throw up the tip sheets on Saturday, and that, that'll do us. <laughs> Absolutely. Race 6, Flemington, the Sally Churn side it is. It's over 2,500. And there's a horse in this race that's been running around for a very long time this preparation I'll get to him in a moment Point Nepean back mm. first up $3.80 very promising sort of staying tight uh, Interpretation 550 through Irish Eyes that's the horse I mentioned before this thing cannot find a win it, it's, <laughs> it cannot find a win Jackson but I tell you what if you own him you'd be pretty happy because it runs second or third every start it's 8 bucks. Horrifying 10 Mohican Heights is 11s High Emotion is 15s and you got about 20s, $21 plus for about 15 other runners in this race. They've filled this field with about 20 horses. Mm. I didn't really know where to start. So the, a horse that I didn't mind, it was entered into a race um, about a fortnight ago. And that horse was Interpretation. It came from overseas. I was a little bit of a wrap on the horse. It obviously didn't do anything too extreme first up. Then it had a nice trial in between. They scratched because it was too wet. I'm interested to see how this horse goes, but I didn't have much of an opinion. Yeah, and you did identify the horse first up, and it was a nice enough run. I thought it was pretty sound over an unfavourable trip, and also raced tight between runners that day. So maybe not excuses, but it was more of just a run for the legs and just to get some fitness in there and have a crack second and third up. So I'm definitely with you with that horse. I think it can do something today. I found this from a betting perspective a bit of a nothing race. Mm -hmm. I just think there's too many form lines being mixed. You don't know with these Melbourne jump outs either. You know what sort of guide you're getting. Where do they do these jump outs? I know they just say Cranbourne, but is it actually Cranbourne? Mate, they set them up on a tripod somewhere. <laughs> Someone's got the old Nokia. And they're just filming. I don't know what behind a shed. You know, someone set up on top of a shed or something. But anyway, like, I don't want to get too caught up on the on the Melbourne filming, jump outs. Filming with the stopwatch. Yeah. Uh, sorry, recording the time with the stopwatch. I just think that what the fact that they call it jump out says enough about it. Yeah. They, they don't want to call it official trials. Fair enough. It's so know, grim. At so least they're grim. not trying to. You know call it something it's not so hats off to them they own it they know what they're doing so you know what can't knock them with this race in particular i just couldn't find something that i was super keen on to have a bet the two that did have the race fitness for me were through irish eyes he touched on it's a bit of a bridesmaid and can find one better on the day look it's a big field um but you're getting a price about most of these horses so i think race fitness will tell and there is a little bit of speed on so point to pain serpentine roll forward Fern Garda, Fern Garada, and the Moonlight Gambler all roll forward as well. So I think for a big field, 2,500, yes, there's a few first up. There is going to be a little bit of speed. And those ones with the race fitness being through Irish eyes, and the other one is horrifying as well, coming out of those similar form lines. I think both of those will be advantage. At this stage, no bet. I'd need to see a pattern by this stage of the day to get involved. For sure. I'm in a very, very similar boat. 
Race uh, seven, it's the Let's Elope Stakes. It's over 1,400 metres. Um, Kiss on all four cheeks, favourite, four bucks. Jumps from 14, which is probably a little concern. And why we're getting a little bit of a price as well. Flying Mascot, 460 after a pretty ordinary return. I wouldn't say it was much chop. So 460, Iron Benny is sevens. Foxy Fritter, $8. And then you've got double figures. Lady of Honor, 12s. The uh, Dragon, Dragon T is 17s. Cuban Link. Yearning's back with Steinem as well. Daisy's Glint of Hope. So you've got a lot of those now four-year-old mares um, all in this race as well. And you've got a couple down the bottom. I actually... To be honest, I think this is a race for her to lose. Kiss on all four cheeks. I think it's pretty straightforward. The two things that I can see potentially would bring her undone, and it's probably why we're getting that $4 quote in the end. Number one, you mentioned the barrier. I'm not overly concerned with it. I'll have faith in Zara to find that three-wide trail and just present her when needed. Flemington's a big, expansive track, so she'll be able to find her spot if she's good enough. My concern, number one, is how much rain is going to come and what sort of track conditions we'll have on the day. And number two, will she be fit enough second up? Those are the only two concerns for me. If they've got her ready to go, she has had a, a stable change. She's been trained now uh, by Nick Ryan down there in Melbourne, previously trained by Morton, one of the local trainers in WA. So, you know, maybe that's got something to say. Maybe Ryan will, you know, just maybe have him th her third, fourth, fifth up and have some targets there. I know they had a crack at a Doncaster with her, so that's the opinion they've got of this horse. But look, she peaked second up last time. She, her, that was her best run over this trip, same track. I just think this is cash, $4. I really do think it's the best on the card. Again, you just put your trust in Mark Zara. Find that three-wide trail, mate. Have her wound up. She's finished third first up over 1,200. The thing that I don't think we spoke about enough was Chris Parnham came over for one ride mm. for this horse. She was first up, didn't have another ride on the entire day. <laughs> came from WA, let up all these rides. He might have had eight or nine winners or, or you know top three runs in WA on that day, came across just for this horse first up. So if that's not a tip, then I don't know what is. Very, very talented horse. I thought really good first up, smashed the line late. Two horses I just want to, um, or even maybe three horses I want to quickly just point out as runners to watch. One in particular. So Yearning, I think, is a young runner to watch as well as Glint of Hope. They're obviously looking for a little bit further. Yearning's probably 1,600 to 2,000. Glint of Hope, she, she can get to any sort of distance. The runner to watch for this preparation is Steinem. Hmm. This horse is has got genuine Group One talent, in my opinion. This is a this is your Maya Classic. These types of races, this horse, Flemington, big track, big field. There's actually going to be a little bit of speed on. Fourteen hundred first ups, not her go, but she'll finish top five, six, flashing home. That's mm -hmm. the sort of run that she'll have. So, mm -hmm. I love the booking of Jai with Imara and Eustace. It's just yeah, I, I like this horse. I've got a really good opinion of it. Mm. One more I just wanted to touch on as well. It's that type of week where we can cover a it few. Is, it is. I am Benna is, a, is an untapped um, sort of filly on the way up, and, and she's a very, very smart mare or filly. Is she four? Yeah, she's four. Very, very smart mare, mate. She's come across from Adelaide and uh, put a, put together a couple of wins this prep. So, mate, she, she's going pretty well, and I think um, keep a very close eye on where she can get to. Some really classy mares around at the moment, that both ups down south and up north, so it's, it's, an, it's a really good time in racing. Bobby Lewis quality. Well, to be honest, it's not that much of a quality. And no, you know what? It's it's all right. It's okay. It's not a bad race. I'd call I called it the New Market Group Three version. Um, it's over twelve hundred anyway. Shatakra actually won this race. Funnily enough, so what's that? Six bucks. That probably says a bit. Uh, Vern. How do I say that? Veranskeva. Jeez, they've thrown us a few names. Varanskova, bang, 650. Wonder how it goes. 
shooting for gold, sevens, fucking... Can we talk about... Nah. Can we skip over it? Let's skip over it. We tip this thing three weeks straight. It runs second, third, fifth, sixth. Comes out and knocks off our tip at 30s. We've missed him. We missed this horse. Stageman, nine. Serious Suspect, nines. The Astrologist, twelves. Red Can Man, $12. Rock and Horse, the new market winner. Bang, $15 in the mm. Group 3 new market. Is there mm. a push there? Mm. Ball of 15, Zutori 19s, and then you got 21 plus for the rest. Ro Heron's down there at 23s, actually. Mm. Oh, this is genuinely... Go to the pub. This is this is your hour. This, this hour between race 7 and race 9, this is your hour to sort of start having a bit of a crack at the pokies or do something different because I genuinely don't think... Oh, it's dartboard. Well, job. hopefully you've cleaned up on kissing all four cheeks on the race mm, before and you've packed be up and you go, you know what, I've done well today, that's it, that was my big bet, $4, I'll take it because I just think, similar to race six at Flemington today, it's like, it's just chocolate wheel. It really is chocolate wheel stuff. Many horses first up, a lot of horses not showing a lot if they've already had a run as well. The, the one that's up and about and, and you know you trust up the straight is Serious Suspect and I keep coming back to him going, fuck this horse, like, um, you know, Saab Hassan's not, not a huge trainer, but this is his best horse, and you know he's putting absolutely everything he can into this horse. So for them to come, they've got the race fitness. They might catch a few of these on the hop first up, and like I say, it's got that race fitness, and you trust him up the straight. A lot of horses, when they have their first look at Flemington, they get a bit lost. They need to find the rail and, you know, start swinging around a bend. It's just natural for them. So for them to run in a straight six furlongs, it's, you know, sometimes it can throw them off, but... These types of horses, the serious suspect, your astrologist, your zoo tories, all of them, you trust them up the straight. I just think at this stage, not having a bet, again, I'd need to see a pattern. If there is a good pattern on the day that they're not making up a whole lot of ground out wide, out wide serious suspect is the one for me. It'd be rude to not give a tip of some sort. So I will give a push to one. I can't believe I'm doing it, but I think the astrologist is probably over the odds at 12s and 380. The horse actually has a really good record, all right? He, he runs a place just about 50% of the time. Mm. And when you look at his straight record, his eight starts, three wins for five placings. It's, it's a pretty simple procedure with this bloke. Just run him up the straight and he'll go pretty well for you. Correct. If there's a bit of sting out of the ground as well, he likes the sting out of the ground. His seven starts, four wins for two placings when it's soft. Mm. So again, a nice push there. I think twelve got $12, looks overs, look, he's first up. Goes okay first up, first up traditionally, but if there was, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be throwing a mortgage at this thing, but <laughs> I definitely think if you're going to have an each way play, he might be a horse for you. Mm-hmm. Race nine, the last race we're going to cover at Flemington. Um, it's the Exford play. It's another really open field. It's over 1,400. This is probably your, I'd say, second, maybe even third tier three-year-olds. Mm. I, think, I think you're probably looking across the whole field. There's a couple there that can be something and challenge in some half-decent races. But I think if you look at the whole field in entirety, I reckon you're right. Berkeley Square's top of the market at 6 bucks. Fajita Sand is 6 as well. Aussie Penko is $6.50. Cadazio uh, is $7.50 as well with Tajuna at eight fifty. Fast Witness, $9.50. And then you've got double figures for horses like Let's Roll the Dice, Elliptical, Northern Beaches. Um, Basquiat's $21 as well. I know they had a little bit of an opinion of this horse. Mm. Went okay first up. It's a horse for Waller and Tim Clark takes the ride. What did you like here? Yeah, look, I just want to touch on Fuji to Sand. They've still got this thing hard in the market for a, a Golden Rose. So mm. a few people have opinion of this thing. And whether they're right or not, I don't know. I didn't think much of its of its first up run. I thought it was entitled to do a bit more. And I don't know where they get to from this map now. They've drawn in the middle, has shown speed in some of its races, but got a little bit undone uh, first up and couldn't really... 
um, show enough toe over the first sort of three, four hundred metres to really blend into the race and just never got into it first up. So I'm just going to have a watch on that horse. I'm going to respect that there's a bit of an opinion around and we'll just see what he can do, but I'm happy to let him go around. Again, it's a little bit of a tough race because mixed form lines, a lot of horses are untapped. Just one that's untapped, or a couple that are untapped, both have drawn right wide, which is probably the concern. The first one I want to touch on is Berkeley Square. Willow sticks for this thing. Really, really nice. Uh, I was going to say cold. It's actually at its uh, crown jewels lobbed off. They're gone. They lobbed are off. gone. So, yeah, crown jewels gone. <laughs> big, big lugging, big thing, just dominating, imposed and, and went outside the lead last start and just went away from them really nicely. Looked like he was in trouble at the 2-300. That was at Flemington over the 1400. So sticks and, and doesn't have to do anything more. Just has to, do, to repeat that performance to be close enough. They all sort of ranged up to him and he found it a couple of lengths there at the 150 and just kicked away from them. So I thought that was very impressive. The other horse I wanted to touch on as well is that Coolmore Colt for uh, Chris Waller. Brett Preble's on this thing as well and it's around the $17, $18 mark depending on where you're betting is Northern Beaches. Mm-hmm. I think that's a horse that is still on the up. It's only at the two starts. Um, came out of that maiden and really, really kicked away from them. That was a, really another nice win. So Berkeley Square on top for me and I'm going to save on Northern Beaches. He's a big lugging thing, isn't he? That Berkeley Square. Mm. He looks like an eight-year-old that's mm. been running around for a while. Mm. I can't ignore this thing. Fast witness. I'm going to have to have something at $10. I think it's well over the odds. Um, beat a couple of these last start at Moody Valley. Shalaman has come out and franked the form and run a really good race on the weekend as well. So I just think that $10 seems over the odds. I know it's probably looks, you know, it's one of those ones where it's knocked off a few horses, so it's obvious. But I just think sometimes you overcomplicate racing and this horse has come out and done what it's had to do. Mm. Um, has a nice rate, racing pattern as well and Mara and Eustace are there with this thing. So watch race. For Hita San, I do agree. Like it's got to come out and do something, doesn't it? it the, for it to still be, I think it's around the $13, $14 mark still in a golden rose. And you'll see when we touch on the Rose Hill card that a lot of the, the three-year-old Colts and even the fillies like Fireburn and the like, they're still hard in the market and this thing's still being respected in and amongst them. So... There must be a bit of whispers going around the trainers, so that, that must be it. Absolutely. Okay, so that's the end of Flemington. We're going to roll on to Rose Hill now. We're going to start at race five. So, Jackson, I want you to say the name of this horse because I know how much you love it. Clemenceau. Clemenceau. And it's over the 1100. It's favourite, 350. Remark, good horse. Bowman, 420. Mm. Bacchanalia, 480. Stepping up in class, big time here. Haresi, $7.00. Two states, double figures at 10s with Minsk Moment at 18s and Starman. Mossman Gorge is 31s and Shakiro's 34s as well. This is the single best benchmark 88 I've seen in, I don't know, maybe a year. Yeah, this is intense, mate. This is intense. How's it, this an 88? It, it's a strange one. And, and you saw some of the cards in Sydney over the last couple of weeks. You get some Group 2 races. They haven't had many Group 1s over the last few weeks, but... You get some group two, group three races, but surrounded by super strong 78s, 80s, 88s, just like this race. So, you know, they're, they're putting together some really good fields. Let's just turn them into listed races, guys. Like, come on, these are these are all black type horses and you're still calling it, you know, a restricted 88. Like, come on, guys, like, let, let's be frank. <laughs> anyway, you touched on Clemenceau, the, the horse with that sexy name. It's, it's just a, a fucking good it's name. It's exotic, it's exotic. So whoever's done that, hats off to you, well done. Um, I'll just touch on, on the map first. So Clemenceau, I love how it rolls off the tongue. Oh. does roll forward. It's got that um, that inside barrier, and they're going to use that. It does have tactical speed and, you know, putting together a really nice career so far, this horse, and 
untapped, completely untapped, and that's the horse I want to be with going forward. Tri-State has speed as well, drawn a little bit wider out and probably will take it on. Burning Crown's from the pole as well, so they'll roll forward and the rest sort of get back from there. I just think the Hawks know what they've got with this horse. They've presented it here first up. You know, the market will respect it. I think the market will be the big tell. So whether we see some, you know, a bit of a drift. If it's alarming drift, I'd definitely stay, say stay off. But if this thing just holds it, holds its quote, and the pattern on the day suggests that, you know, horses rolling forward will be advantaged, I think this is cash. I like the horse as well. I remember after its loss last campaign, um, it was well backed. I think it was $1.60, $1.70 that day and got rolled. And they did come out and say, we think he's going to be much better when he matures into a four-year-old. He's mm. quite a big horse. Um, I know John McNeil wrote him that day and said he still felt a little bit green. So I'm looking forward to seeing what sort of um, improvement he's taken from that prep. Pikey aboard. I think it's a good booking for this horse with Hawks. Mm. Do I want 350? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with 350. I want it. If we, <laughs> I want it. Um, Bacchanalia, I think if the sting was out of the ground, this looked like a nice race for it to run a, a top three finish for sure. I just don't know if she goes if it, if he goes an inch at all when it's actually dry. Yeah, I think six starts for for no wins and you know one minor on on the dry probably says enough and pretty much all its wins and and half decent runs have come on the wet affected ground so. Just on Rose Hill on Saturday, there is a little bit around tomorrow and potentially some on Saturday. doesn't look like a whole lot. At the moment, we're looking at a soft five, so I don't think it'd get any worse than a six on Saturday. Say that name again for us. Clemenceau. Clemenceau it is, and I'm going to say it's probably one of our best bets on the card, this thing. Agreed. Race six, Ming Dynasty quality, another quality. There's a bit of quality around, actually. Pretty good meeting. This is over the 1,400 at 240. How good's that? Golden Mile, 440, its favourite. Zoo Tiger, 480, Conqueror, fives. Aussie Penko's double entry here, dual acceptor, $7. Basquiat, also a dual acceptor, 13s. Brosnan, Flag Hunter, they're 15 bucks. Rise of the Masses, jeez, Magic's back. <laughs> Magic, he's back to haunt us, this thing. He won't be haunting me anymore. They've had a crack at two maidens with him. Uh, hasn't got the chocolates. They took him to Hawkesbury and Newcastle. Both, you know, the, the same run, like gets back, flashes home, looks like the run of the race, and people will be taking a dollar fifty next time they take him out of there. It was literally like second or third favourite in the golden slipper for a little bit there, and now he's what has he actually what's it won more than he hasn't won a race, so Well we had that massive run in the silver slipper, um, that was won by Best of Thrill, though just absolutely slashed home. That's the first day that I backed him. I followed him the next three starts and won't be doing that again. Absolute donuts. Talk us through the map, like they're obviously these three-year-old Colts, they always seem to have some sort of speed. Does it look like breakneck early? or It does. It does, yeah. Especially for a 14 race. Um, you know, a lot of these probably haven't been tested in a, in a high-level 1,400-metre race, so we'll have to see what the jockeys do on the day. But just looking at the horse's sort of profiles, Rise of the Masses just has one way, and it's pretty much the profile of the Waterhouse runners. They all just go forward. They're one-dimensional. It's just catch me if you can. Mm-hmm. They'll look for the lead. Zoo Tiger's got speed as well, so... Tommy Berry will have to be positive with him. One thing I noted with Tommy Berry was that when we had him on the show, he spoke about being signed to the China uh, Race Club. You have to, to race with them. Ringmaster accepted into this race, but he was still um, booked on Zoo Tiger. So maybe that's something for the punters to look into there. Again, another horse with a really good racing pattern. So he probably lands outside the lead. My Truth and Grace's Secret got left out the back last start, but that wasn't the... That wasn't the sort of um, you know vibe you got about this horse. You thought it was going to roll forward and be close enough based on her New Zealand form. 
Um, I think they're going to have to go the other way now because she's drawn the car park. They're going to have to roll forward and see what she can do from there. So that's what I've got um, happening with the map there. I think I'm going to have something on Zootagi. Mm-hmm. Just a little little bet. I want to read into that booking of T. Berry. Um, doesn't have a huge amount of rides for O'Shea. Um, normally you'd see Bowman or someone around that mark for, for this type of horse, but they've found Berry, and again, Ringmaster did accept, and they, they moved the cross to, to you know ride this thing. So that's a tip in itself. The rest of the horses are you know fairly exposed at this stage. Flag of Honor is another one that's untapped, two from two for Chris Lees. I think that's a horse that can probably get back and run on. The one I can't leave out, Ned, you know where I'm going, Conqueror. Mm. Scratched him from that wet track a couple of weeks back. Two trials in between runs, which Waller doesn't often do. They've given him those two good little hit outs just to get the fitness back. They're going to have him wound up here. This is essentially off a freshen up, so he's sort of in between being first and second up, but he does have fitness in those legs. I thought he should have gone close to winning behind Amonkur first up. He came out of that super hot maiden where she's extreme, seven veils, all those horses came out of that maiden that he won. You still have to respect that form because those horses are all very, very nice types. I think as long as the pattern is not similar to what we saw at Week on Saturday where they can't make up any ground, I think this is probably your winner. So conquer on top for me. Yeah, there you go. Zoo Tiger is the interesting one for me. Obviously super, super impressive. This thing was eased down with 100 to go um, at Week on the Kensington one by four lengths that day, just led from go to woe. We know that Rose Hill does traditionally throw up a leaderish track, not always just leaders, but let's be honest. I love the word leaderish because no one wants to just call it what it is. If we look at Ramwick on Saturday and, and the way Rose Hill's been playing, it's leaders. Yeah, okay. It's a, I'm going to stick with leaderish because I, I, who knows what sort of deal we might get with Rose Hill one day, so we want to be on the good side. I'm. Uh, Look, Golden Mile, I know I hate to say it, but I know that all these horses are sort of young and they haven't had many starts, but I reckon this horse has shown enough in its first two. Behind Kibu, back to the worst part of the track that day, made up some nice ground in the final two, three hundred metres. I know you don't get an exciting price at 440, but I do think the horse has bigger fish to fry. I really do. I like the horse. I think the market is spot on in this race. I think the top four are clearly the four horses that are a chance. I think they're all the only ones under double figures are the chances. Aussie Penko as well has had two really nice trials leading into this too. Mm. Last preparation in behind, behind that horse as well, Kibu, a length behind in that race as well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see you do something. And Waller in these races, just you just never know. Aussie Penko's first trial as well was in Swiss Exiles trial, so maybe something for the punters. We might, I think every time we say the word Swiss Exile, we mm. should, I don't know, we, we should have to do something. Not a shot back. <laughs> we could definitely arrange that. Speaking of that big, big animal that we love, Run of the Rose, this mm. is an exciting race. There's horses with really, really exciting futures ahead. This is just the perfect lead-up race to the, to the Golden Rose, and it's always produced something. 1,200 metres, best of Bordeaux, top of the market for J-Mac and Fogden, $3.50. Natuno's 5 bucks in Secrets, five fifty. Fireburn, the little superstar of last of the autumn and the whole her, her entire last preparation. You'd have to be stupid to not think that this horse is a superstar. Mm. She is, and our man Jackson Laurie actually tipped her in the slipper if you haven't listened previously. Sajardin, eight fifty, Swiss Exile, the horse we talk about, nine dollars, political debates, eighteens. Sweet ride, they have shown this horse a pure disrespect. Like what is doing here? Promito and then Buenos Nachos. 
Sounded like a little bit what we had for dinner tonight. Mm. Not really. We actually had Asian. Um, speaking of sweet ride, why have they completely disrespected this thing? The thing about the market is they love the SP profile. So a horse is not going to start at 30 or 35 to 1. Even if it wins, provided it doesn't win by nine lengths, he's down. Even if it wins, it's not then going to start $4 the next start. SP profile is always taken into account. Mm-hmm. What they're probably looking at with that horse is that it was third up those that day, met most of its rivals first up, had the race fitness, got a 12 out of 10 steer from uh, Chad Schofield, and was obviously too good in the end, and a super training performance by Annabelle Neesham. She's on fire. Her juveniles are flying. No doubt about it. So that's probably my explanation for, for Sweet Ride and how they've come up with that price there. I think it's fair, actually, because between third and fourth up, you're probably not looking at many improvements. Yep. That horse is probably not looking for 1400 either so this is the main lead up to the golden rose a lot of these horses are going to get better as we rise in trip in terms of the map best of bordeaux got squeezed out of the gates and wasn't able to show his early toe first up whether that was by design or whether that was you know just a, a victim of the circumstance J Mac just sort of sat there kept him off the fence and just thought he was the best horse in the race and tried to ride him that way I don't think that that's the way you ride him. If I was on best of board, I'd be taking him straight to the front, taking him on, and catch me if you can. That's how his two-year-old campaign went, and he was highly successful. It, it works for him. Successful. Successful. You know, second in a slipper. Um, you know, won a couple of races beforehand. few key lead-ups, like Super Horse. We touched on one, the Silver Slipper as well. Just a tough, tough horse, and they can bounce back. So the market's identified it. It's the favourite here, even with Fireburn and the like in this race, and Sajard and resuming. You know, you know what type of opinion, and they're still talking about the Everest for best of Bordeaux, even after that first up failure. So, something to look into there. Swiss Exile has drawn wide. I'm not a huge fan of the gate. I just think I would have liked to have drawn inside and had that option to boot up and hold the rail. He's a big imposing type though, so he can see outside the lead and even control it from outside best of Bordeaux. So I've got those two leading. Natuno, I touched on Tony Gollan's comments a couple of weeks ago. He was keen for this horse to take a sit and just let other horses dictate to him and then drop the head, which he did pretty well first up and went through the line nicely. I can't find him at $5. I think between him and Swiss, Swiss is $10, Natuno's $5, and there's a head between them on the line, and Swiss Exiles up there doing a lot of work up on the speed. So I think with that being the case, he's the overs, and there's no sort of bias or emotion involved in that. Swiss Exile is overs at $10. So I said to the punters a couple of weeks back, I said, you got rocks in your head if you're not taking two eighty three dollars the place, and... Sure enough, he runs a drum, as he always does, so I think he's a huge each-way chance here. If you look at his campaign last time, second up was his peak performance. Went to 1,200 off a pretty lackluster run first up, just to get fitness in there, knock the freshness off him. As long as he does things right and, and gets up there and leads well, I think he's going to be super hard to run down. He's going to serve it up to best of Bordeaux, and you can't leave out Fireburn. You just can't leave her out. She's a super, super filly. She can come back and win by four, and everybody holds their hands up and goes, you know what, she's too good. She just has that acceleration, especially on the wet tracks, that is unmatched. So whether it's fast speed or whether they want to sit and sprint, she'll be thereabouts, and I can't see her not running in top three. Yeah, it's a really, really good race. There's quality everywhere. I agree. I think Swiss Exile is a really good chance of running a, a top three, um, especially with that run under the belt. It just looks like a really nice race for this horse. And then obviously bigger things to come, hopefully, in the yeah. Golden Rose for you. Best of Bordeaux. Well found enough for me. I do agree that it could get terms to be a little bit better this time in. He might just jump and run and win. It might be as simple as that. I'm with Sajardin. So a little bit of odds. There's actually one that you didn't mention at all. So $8.50. 
coming off two really nice trials. Its second trial in particular was fantastic. Um, this horse went through a similar campaign to a lot of these slipper horses. Probably not as jarring as a Fireburn, who took probably, you know, had those extra couple of runs. So I am wary that it might not have had a lot of racing, but I'm also kind of like the fact that it hasn't it has had two nice trials leading into this i just think the, the horse actually has a lot of quality gary portelli's got a serious opinion of this thing so i'm going to stick with it i know they're thinking sort of that guineas sort of mm. path down in melbourne you'd so. like to be gary portelli wouldn't you with fireburn and the garden in the same race good lord tough gig isn't it yeah tough going mate these juveniles um yeah ripping race looking forward to watching it not going to be a smashing of the betting race oh Absolutely. we'll be give him strength boys give swiss, <laughs> give swiss strength get involved with swiss um race eight we see a lot of first uppers in this race we're not you know what yeah there are a lot mr mozart so this is the theo marks which winks won. i actually was there a day that winks won this race i know we say this all the time but mm. it's euphoric for me it's nostalgic you know who reminds me of the theo marks another superstar mare that probably doesn't get the respect she deserves she's in our intro arcadia queen the queen she was an absolute star she turned up this was her first run in sydney um off her wa campaigns and the wraps were on. I think she started dollar eighty that day and just demolished them over over thirteen hundred, which was not her trip, and she was still too good. <laughs> freak animal, two freak animals, mm. absolutely unbelievable. Um, we see some quality here though. So Mr Mozart's at the top of the market at three forty. Geez, that's awfully short for first up, but they've got some serious opinion of this four year old. Ellsberg's three eighty, Jamea seven fifty with prime candidate at tens. Kementari, he's back to haunters again at twelves. Rustic Steel's thirteens. A tissue, well, I might need one if Kementari wins. It's mm. 17 bucks. Calding, 19s. Kiku, Big Boy Roy, they're 30s with Tycoonist Brutality in four home two. Are you going to talk us through the map? Is that what we're going to do? We are. We're going to talk through the map. Cool. I think it's super important here because this is race eight and punters, you need to have everything down pat by this time of the day. You've only got probably three races left. A few races elsewhere, you need to have your patterns 100% locked in. Don't be static in your punting. You know, always be able to adapt. Have two or three runners up your sleeve and know what you're going to do depending on patterns. Don't so, say we don't give you advice. Don't be static in your punting. Don't be static, guys. What, what you like <laughs> on Wednesday might go out the window. You know, you, you just got to look at Saturday at Rand Week and how much the, the, the track just turned that, that day into a leader's day. Wasn't leaderish, Ned. It was leaders, mate. Let me tell you. Leaderish, leaderish. Word of the day. Speaking of leaderish, Prime Candidate will roll forward <laughs> from the pole for Bjorn Baker. Have a little play on Prime Candidate, who I thought was super good behind Showmanship. Really good. And that horse is going places, that Showmanship, and very, very talented gelding. Um, so lightly raced and, and just, just got over the top of Prime Candidate. He was left out in front a long way and just looked like a sitting duck for you know the last 200 metres, but kept on really nicely and good gaps back to the rest. So I thought there was a lot of merit in that run, and I'm happy to back up there. Like I say, drawn the pole. Bjorn Baker's got one way with his horses as well, similar to Gay and Adrian. He's probably got to punt to the eyeballs with shit as well. So <laughs> between the two of them, they 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 got the good gear, mate. So hopefully he's pumped a bit into into prime candidate this week, and they can roll forward and keep going because I'll be on around the thirteen to twelve dollar mark. So each way all day for that horse there. I'm pretty happy to to have a crack. <laughs> that has done me. I've got to say, I'm trying to contain it, but the other horse as well that's going to go back is Jamea. Jamea's going to go back, and considering the pattern, this is again. Talking to the punters, make sure your patterns are not static, guys. Make sure that you're following everything throughout the day and you don't stay stuck in your ways. 
you can always have that backup plan. And my backup plan this week will be Jamea. I thought there was enough merit in her run first up behind Zapatea. I thought it was a pretty good run through the line. Yes, it was beaten a, a, probably a long way in pretty big margin by Zapatea, but that horse has got a lot of ability. Ignore its run on Saturday. It just was not advantaged by that shifty track. It'll frank the form for Jamea, and I reckon she can be competitive if the pattern permits. I actually agree with both runners. Prime candidate, 53 kilos, gate one. It does appear that it will probably lead. Ellsberg could soften it up. And this horse goes really, really good first up. It's four from four. It's only won six races. So there's genuinely... G. G Ryan's horses generally do go really well first up. Mm. Ellsberg, Ellsberg, no exception. He started nearly favourite in an Epsom or a Doncaster or something. He's got a massive so. opinion of that horse as well, some of the comments I he, see. He does pick his ones. Like, do you remember? Oh, I can't remember what that horse was called. That he, uh, trapeze artist. You oh, know, yeah. He picks his horses and he sort of, I swear he puts all his time into the superstars. They probably mm. all do. Mm. I'm the same. Jamea as well. I thought this horse was really good first up. Um, she's got 53 kilos. Tommy Berry, who's probably... The best backmarking jockey, I reckon, in Sydney. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, I think that this horse might get a not nice run in the race. There's a little bit of speed around with Ellsberg, Prime Candidate, and others. Um, if the race opens up and it shapes the way that I think it will, it could open up for a backmarker like Jamea. Mm. Final race we're going to cover. This is a really exciting race for me. This is actually a race that I'm looking forward to nearly the most, which sounds really weird. But I really am because I think we're going to see a battle of Shades of Rose, mm. who's sort of, you know, this new horse on the scene that's been putting away benchmark 90s and 98s and then finds herself as favourite in this race. So it's the Scirocco Stakes. It's over 1200 What's it worth? It's worth two hundred and fifty grand. So handy, handy race. Mm. Shades of Rose is favourite. Rachel King, $3. James McDonald. Now, look, he obviously rides for Waller and that's his thing but he has jumped off Shades of Rose to ride Espiona, mm. albeit the weights. I know the weights are a thing. I, I get that, but I just wanted to build it up as a bit of a story. Yeah, well, the, there was always the opportunity that he could ride half a kilo over. He does get to 54 and a half these days, or I'm sure Bjorn would be happy to ride a kilo over. So I reckon the option was there, and yeah, I think we'll, we'll touch on that soon. Belinda Patina, after a really nice first up wins eight bucks, comes up north. My Whisper 11s, It's Me, $15. Yeah, form. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Mm. Just going, when did it get a kill at? Class Grassy? 6, Class 6 up at Queensland. I know, this thing, I, I like the horse a lot. I've got to say, I've got some serious time for the Cabernet train, It's Me. For Choose 17, Star Tontes. Jackson. We haven't touched on this horse a whole lot, have we? We haven't spoken about it at all oh, on shit. this podcast. That tats the Ara win, yeah. Oh, yeah, that gets me telly. That sort of stuff, 14 bucks, happy days. You can see why we're excited about this race. There's a lot of our stable horses in it. 1,200, do they look to go pretty quick in this, or is it sort of moderate tempo? Like, well, I look at it, and I don't really see... Who, Shades of Rose probably leads a few soften it up. I don't know. Yeah, look, Sky Command will be close enough. I reckon those two probably pair off and control it. Shades of Rose, they have to go forward. They've got no choice. They've drawn the widest, so... Um, they'll go forward with her and, and you know probably sit outside the lead. I think Sky Command can roll forward. Whether they soften each other up and the horses can settle, we'll find out. That'll be the big tell because if Shades of Rose gets an easy time up front, she's got the race fitness. A lot of these classy yeah. types that probably have her covered talent-wise, they don't have the race fitness. So she's definitely got that on her side. So again, it's all pattern-related at the end of the day. So if, if the, the first eight races, you, you need to be in the first four to win, then you're probably going to look towards Shades of Rose. Thing is, you're taking half the price in that um, instance. So let's just see what plays out. 
Electric Girl has the inside barrier. She's honest, she'll be close enough. Sneaky Page as well um, is another one with a bit of speed, so they'll go forward. The rest probably just find their spots from there. Bella Nipatina, it's going to take a really good steer to, to find that sort of two and, and three wide trail with her. Gate 12. Gate 12 is sticky, doesn't have a ton of tactical speed. Going the opposite way now as well, raced in Munich Valley last time. Now got to go uh, clockwise. So there's a lot of things not in her favour, but she's got class. That's yeah. the one thing that is in her favour. She's got class and there might be only maybe one or two other runners, Star Tontes and Espiona, that have her matched as far as talent goes. And the one that I'm going to touch on is Espiona. This horse is just untapped. Completely untapped. Could not get away from those heavy tracks last campaign. And a lot of people would have jumped off her. I stuck solid and were able to get the cash in her last run. While I did the right thing, didn't press on with her, didn't go to any stupid heights and just kept her nice and lightly raced and made sure she still had something in her legs. She comes back here first up in a very winnable race. Like I say, outside of Bella Nipatina Startons, maybe... Uh, Shades of Rose can be a you know, really classy horse, but we'll, we'll have to see. Outside of that, there's not a whole lot of depth in this race, and I think this is a winnable race for her You know, first up. Waller doesn't always have them forward first up. He normally leaves something in the tank, but you mentioned the booking of J-Mac jumping off Shades of Rose for her. I know it's the Waller connection. You're probably taking a little bit of tax as well, but I think 350 360 thereabouts, whatever price we can get with her at the moment. What is she at at the moment, Ned? Yeah, 350 at the moment, yeah. 350 I'd be taking that. I'd be taking that, you know, unless, like I say, unless the pattern is you can't make up any ground, I really do think she's the winner. Late of the day, Shades of Rose for me, uh, gate 13, $3, couldn't have it, couldn't understand why you would have it, might have egg on my face, but can't have it. On with the next two in the market, Espiona and Bella Nipatina, for me, they're just the obvious two, Bella Nipatina, super first up run at the Valley, did not have to do what she did, she didn't have to win that race, but she came out and did it anyway, Mm. comes up north to a probably more around her grade or her, her appropriate level, we find $8. Where she gets to in the run, she probably has to get back to last. Maybe maybe she can be a little bit closer than last, but she'll be in that those last six. I think $8 is a great price. Second up, yep, happy enough. Espiona, you look at Fangirl, right? You look at these two horses who are touted as basically even, essentially even. She finds 1,200 metres. What did Fangirl do 1,200 first up? Massive, Massive, huge run. run, huge run. You know, you know, running alongside horses like Profondo. Profondo went past Profondo mm. and nearly, well, didn't nearly get it. Well, let's let's <laughs> yeah, let's let's put Anima on a different conversation. Sorry, yeah. but the fact that she could even get within a length or two, mm. she had fifty six and a half that day. Mm. Espiona gets fifty five in this mare's race. Like, Espiona first up last campaign, a dollar sixty in the same race that Fern Girl was in. Shows you what type of talent this horse is. It's just, yeah, Espiona, Bella Nipatina, they're the two for me. I'm very keen on both of these horses. In terms of staking, just in, like for something extra for the punters, I think if you're, say you're a $100 punter, if you like betting $100 a race, you might have 65 on Espiona or 70 and then you're 30 on on Bella Nipatina if you wanted to stake it that way. I think that's fair. Mate, this is exciting because we get to the end of Flemington, we get to the end of Rose Hill. I'm sitting next to you. Mm. We've actually got... The glass is single malt. I don't know if you can hear that through the uh, through the microphone there. Glass is single malt. It's the first time that we get to unveil, and I actually get to see how excited you get about this Best Western. Have you got one for me? We do. We do. We are going late in the day, so in the bleak hours, we you know could be two, three a.m. for all we know. I've heard that. Yeah. So. Deauville. 
I always say, guys, if you're still vertical, if you've had a tough day, if you've had a good day, you need to be locked into the best Western. Always go each way, have the place on side because we're moving away from those $1.80, $1.90 favourites, guys. We, we, we're finding some prices for you. So we go on race eight at Belmont. What time is that? 6.30. So 6.30 our time. So make, make sure you're vertical. You'll be, at a, you'll be at a rave somewhere where you need. Yeah, standard Saturday. Standard stuff. So yeah, look, we're with Resort Man. So this is number two, our boy Chris Parnham. I just want to apologise to the punters last week. I won't do it again. I'm not going to back a horse as the best Western with Chris Parnham in the race anymore. For anyone that will go back and, and watch Comes a Time was my best Western last week. The caller, it was a photo, the caller called it as if our horse had won. This was crook. It was crook. Camera followed our horse all the way. I'm thinking, yeah, we're good here. We, we're fine. The caller was adamant. He must have backed it as well. He's probably listening to the potty now and following the best Western each week. But he's butchered it for us because Parnham... As he does, gets the nose down on the line. He just knows where that camera is and the poses king. for us. He's just too good, much too good. Doesn't give us much when he's on the potty, but, mate, he gives us plenty when he goes back over to those gravel tracks, my friend. So Chris Parnham rides his thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Resort Man sat three wide last time over 1,300 and just bolted away, like beat them by two lengths, eased down. He needs it to be clean ground. Any worse than a soft seven, I'm probably get starting a little bit concerned, but no dust on the ground, no dust, no loose gravel, anything like that. <laughs> no loose we just gravel. we just want it to be clean ground, and we're good to go. I just think this horse will just get that three wide trail again. He'll probably get cover this time, and Chris Parnham's the best at timing his runs. As I say, there might be a few heart attack moments just on his racing pattern, but he's got the acceleration to come over the top of these, and I think he's the best on the card over there. What price are we looking at? Have oh, we got? Last I looked, it was $3 thereabouts. Okay, fantastic. Have to look again. Awesome. We love that. We've got a Best Western. We've given you 10 races across Flemington and Sydney. If you haven't picked up a Best Bet, Jacko, have you got a Best Bet for me? I hope I haven't sprung this upon you. No, Clemenceau Race 5. Yeah, I okay. Yeah, I just reckon the Hawks will turn up and just get a kill with them first up. I like where your head's at. Um, one I wanted to mention just in the last race at Rose Hill, Waterford. Um, horse goes really good. It's around that $3.80 mark. It's probably one of my better bets on the card too. Second again, tip two weeks back and got the cash. There you go. It's a cash, it's a cash maker, this horse. And speaking of cash making, it needs to make a little bit of cash. This horse has been emptied, entered for an Epsom, mm. um, and it's actually doesn't have enough money at the moment. So there's genuine intent here. Um, Tommy Berry for Waller. I know Waller's got half the field in this race, but... I think this horse will be going well, gate seven, Tommy Berry. So one of the better bets there, and I agree. Can you say that name for me one more time? Clemenceau. Clemenceau is the other best bet for the second again, boys. Mate, been an absolute dream, brother. Always is, mate. Thanks for listening, guys. Cheers, legends. Bye.